Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And here we are once again. We have, well, we had, last time we had so many holiday questions. Mm -hmm. We still have more. We printed out some of your holiday questions. Mm -hmm. We're going to be answering them here. By the way, I'm Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together we are The Minimalists. And uh, a few of you are actually watching this live. And if you are, great. You can ask us questions toward the end. Get your questions ready. Try to keep it Two sentences or fewer. Brevity is indeed the soul of wit. We are going to be talking about the holidays. We're going to talk about gift giving, gift receiving. We're going to talk about experiences. We're going to talk about the holiday season and the holiday shopping season. We're going to talk about the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, indeed. And so um, if you do have questions, you can ask them. Now, most of you are actually going to be listening or watching this after the fact, and that's great. We want this to add value to your lives. So we're going to go ahead and start by diving into these questions. Why don't you start with that first question, Ryan? All right, cool. So Anonymous writes in, (laughs) while I completely understand wanting to gift experiences rather than things, how do you do this when you are on a smaller budget? That's a good question. Uh, I'd rather not gift certificates for a back rub, maybe an IOU for a coffee date. How do you do it on a budget where it doesn't come off looking cheesy? I think a big part of this, Ryan, has to do with intention, right? Mm. And so you can spend a lot of money on a really crappy gift. Right. Imagine if I were to buy you a diamond ring for this Christmas. (laughs) You would be like, what the hell is wrong with you? But Ryan, I spent (laughs) $5,000. And so the inverse is also true here. Mm. The, The... what experience is going to add value to your life is going to be different from the experience that's going to add value to my wife's life or or my cousin's life. Mm -hmm. And so I need to consider the individual, not just what do they need in their life, because honestly, we live in the Western world. Mm -hmm. We generally, even though we have a small budget, we have everything we, we truly need. Food, shelter, yeah. uh, the, the, the basic sense of security is covered, right? Yeah. And so what are the experiences that will serve a purpose in someone's life, that, that will amplify their life, that will align with their interests, their hobbies, their desires, and, and their values, as well as your interests, hobbies, desires, values, if you're going to gift an experience together. Now, two things. One is the experience doesn't have to be together. It can be an experience you gift to them that costs very little or I mean, most of, of the best things in life are free. That, that's a platitude, yeah. right? Amen. But it's a platitude for a reason. Yeah. Um, man, it's, it's, I mean, I could think of a million different, you know, inexpensive gifts that you could give someone as far as consumables or, uh, you know, buying tickets to a local play. But ultimately, yes, I think you got to ask the questions that Josh is talking about here. You've got to figure out the people that you do want to gift experiences to or consumables for that matter. What are their interests? And, uh, you know, try to play off of that. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I've had people offer me uh, to make me dinner, uh, to, to take me out for coffee, and you know, we, what Josh and I always say, your presence is the best present. So uh, see, see if you can offer that. Take them for a sunset. Go for a walk in the park. Um, the holidays is, I mean, if it's all about the gift giving, then I would challenge you to to look at how you're approaching the holidays. Because what I like about the holidays is visiting with family. Mariah and I, we are heading out to Ohio tomorrow. I'm going to spend two weeks with my family. We get together uh, on Thanksgiving, and yeah, we get to eat a lot of food, but really it's about uh, getting with uh, my mom's side of the family and us kind of creating memories, creating experiences, and, and having time with each other. That is really where uh, the meaning comes from. The gifts um, you know, around Christmas, that is, um, maybe that's like sprinkles on the top maybe, but 
Uh, it's certainly not the most important part. Um, Jen wrote something in here on the chat. Let's read it real quick. I often dread the holidays because of all the expectations. Yeah, that's that can certainly be uh, overwhelming. It's not just gifts, although that is part of it, but also just the expectation that we always be happy and loving and upbeat and on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Josh doesn't uh, have that expectation. No. I worry about disappointing people even when I when I avert myself to be there and participate in everything. I don't know what she meant, especially the, but if I don't, then definitely disappoint everyone. It stresses me out, and I often dream of spending the holidays alone on a beach. Okay. Maybe that's a good thing to yourself. Yeah, so here's the the question. Do you have any suggestions for how to approach this? Yes, spend your holiday alone on a beach. That's my suggestion. <laughs> uh, I'm dead serious. I know, well, sounds... you know, and you know what's crazy because we're such good friends, uh-huh. and I've known you for so long. Yeah. If Josh came to me and he was like, "Look, dude, I know uh, the holidays are coming up, and I just want to let you know, I'm going away on a beach by myself for a week. Don't bother me," because I am his friend and I love him and I want to support him, I would be like, "Okay, that'll be my gift to you. I will give you the gift of alone time and not bother you while you're gone on vacation." Yeah, and I, here's the thing: I have a family. Right, but I spend copious amounts of time alone. Well, how do I do that? I, I've set up my life in a way that I am able to spend 90% of my time alone. Now, did that happen overnight? Of course not. No. In fact, when I was in the corporate world, only a decade ago, Ryan. Yeah, only a decade ago. I spent 100% of my waking hours around other people other than when I was in the car. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an extroverted life, although I was an introvert. And I decided that wasn't going to work. I needed to make a change. I couldn't keep living the discontented life I'd created for myself. Right now, Jen, you have a discontented life that you've created because you've set your life up around other people's expectations. How do you break that? You have to... You have to change your expectation and raise your standard. Your standard right now is that I'm going to try to meet everyone's expectation. Well, guess what? How many Facebook friends do you have? 500? Try to meet all 500 of their expectations. All you're going to do is ping pong from one extreme to the other. You're going to fail meeting everyone's expectations, and you yourself are going to be miserable. Catherine has a question. Yeah, and Jen, just be be genuine. You don't have to overexert yourself. Uh, but you also don't have to underexert yourself. Just be who you are. And if someone asks you, "Why aren't you super happy?" Oh, I'm happy to be here. You know, sorry that it doesn't come. I don't come across as excited, but I'm so happy to be here and and to be with family. All right, Catherine wants to know. Um, all right, this is a long one. I'm going to try and paraphrase this. So, uh, Catherine, we have three kids. Um, the eldest is five. They made the decision to uh, accent- essentially tell their kids, like, "Hey, look, Santa Claus is not." real. So she doesn't want her son to be uh, the one in school telling all the kids that Santa Claus isn't real. And she also wants to um, help her her children still enjoy the the story, you yeah. know, to play pretend. So um, the uh, so, so I guess talk about that. What do, you, what do you guys do with Ella? I'm going to see if I can tweet something else out of this way you're explaining sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- this one is, you know, there's a middle ground, right? It's, it's not a binary thing where it's like, bah humbug, 
So I'm Ella Six, my daughter, and it's not bah humbug, Santa doesn't exist, and it's also not, yeah, there's a fat guy who breaks into our house once a year and reverse shoplifts. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense either, right? Right. And so what we do is we, we tell her, hey, there are some fictional stories that you like. You know, think of Peppa Pig. That's not a real thing. It's a cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's also this other story that we get to enjoy, that we get to make up, we get mm-hmm. to pretend. Yeah. You like pe- playing pretend. And it's called Santa Claus, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's this fake man who pretend brings us presents. And by setting up as a fiction, you're still able to enjoy. I mean, we as adults enjoy fiction. You know, mm-hmm. we read novels, we watch movies. We're able to suspend the disbelief for a period of time. Kids are especially talented at suspending disbelief. And so mm-hmm. you can explain to your kids. No, Santa is not a real character, but we like to pretend, and and it's a fun story. And by the way, let's not ruin it for all the other kids as well, because no one enjoys the kid, like Ryan, who used to come around and tell everyone that Santa didn't exist, (laughs) because he was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, and let me tell you, um, I did not make friends that way when I was in kindergarten in the first grade. But here's the thing, is if if your children are coming to you, and they're asking you about Santa, they're asking about reindeer, they're asking about these things, you know, you don't want to lie to them. Uh, but you can say things like, you know what, that's a really fun story that we like to pretend uh, around Christmas time. I mean, I think about if you bring your kids to Disneyland, it's fun to pretend. It's mm-hmm. fun to for your kids to think that they're talking to an actual princess and that they're actually talking to Goofy and Mickey Mouse. Like, but it's, they don't think they're actually talking to a giant... Uh, anthropomorphized dog or mouse they know they're yeah they know they know right so there's a balance between you know lying to your kids taking all their imagination away and then kind of having that happy medium where you can still support the story and it's you know when i would tell my kids i don't have kids so it's so easy for me to tell you what i tell my kids but i would just look at my children and i'd say hey look santa claus and reindeer it's a really fun story and sometimes it's fun to believe and it's fun to pretend so we can pretend that santa brings the presents and we can pretend that reindeer fly but at the end of the day we have to know that it is just pretend yes indeed all right anna has a question do you have any tips for stopping giving gifts all together Mainly to extended family. Yeah, I think it's a bad plan. Um, and, and here's why. This is saying no. And when we say no, 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 it makes us what? It makes us, well, it makes us feel bad. I'm mm. constantly saying no. What are you going to say yes to? There has to be something that you can say yes to. And not just saying, bah humbug, no gifts for no one mm-hmm. because of my personal preferences. And so what we can do is say, I really would, you know, I would really enjoy if I got X. You're saying yes to X, even though you're saying no to A, B, and C. Mm. Being specific, adding a, la- uh, a layer of precision to your request, and yeah. also understanding the precision of other people's requests, allows you to give gifts better and receive gifts better. Yeah, and Anna goes in a little bit to talk about these obligatory gifts that she feels like she has to get people. And it's and it's funny, she mentions that some of her like aunts and uncles, they say, oh no, you don't need to get me anything. But then the other aunts and uncles, they don't specifically express that. So she feels obligated to give everyone gifts equally. Um, here's what I would say, is that uh, you could first absolutely go to your family and say, hey, we're gonna try something different next year. Instead of doing the obligatory gifts, Let's just enjoy time with each other. Let's give ourselves the present of presence and, and see how they kind of react to that. The other thing you can do too is 
the aunts and uncles who say they don't want gifts, don't get them gifts. And the other ones who enjoy getting the gifts, get them gifts. It's not the end of the world if, uh, if, if you don't hand out gifts equally. Let me tell you, every Christmas that I spend with Mariah and her family, everyone's getting a ton of gifts. And guess what? I get nothing because I'm a minimalist. Bah, I'm like, no, that's not it at all. They just, they understand that like Ryan truly doesn't want any gifts. Now her mom will certainly like, she makes some, uh, just some delicious like treats and stuff that I'll totally eat and consume like while we're, you know, sitting there opening gifts. But I don't feel left out. Mm. Um, if I did, I'd say something. And I think that if someone feels left out in your family, they would say something. So um, you might not get it perfect the first Christmas. Uh, you know, you might have some learning to do. But start to try different things like we just kind of talked about. And I'm sure you can kind of manage those those expectations a little bit better. It's a huge relief, too, because she's going to go to her family this first time and say, hey, what? A, let's try something different. And by the way, not just here's what we're going to do, but let me also get your input mm-hmm. and you're going to realize that you're not alone, that you're stressed out about the holiday, but also everyone else in your family is stressed out. We have turned the holiday season into the holiday shopping season. This yeah. one word, although it is birthed from the, the, the greatest sort of um, intentions, right? You, you, have, you, have, you, you have this idea of like, I'm going to give you something because I love you, it has now become an obligation. Right. I have to give you something, and now I guess you have to give me something, and it's this exchange. But that's not love. Love is not a transaction. Love transcends the material goods, the material world. And by the way, it's plentiful, it's abundant, it's unlimited. Love is, is not this thing that is hiding somewhere that is hard to find. And so you love your family. They love you. They're also stressed out. And if you approach them that way, hey, look, holidays have been really stressing me out. Have they been stressing you out too? Because I don't know what to get everyone. Maybe, can we try something different this year? If you ask quality questions like that, you'll start to get participation from a lot of people around the family. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as long as you're showing your family love and you're being transparent and you are setting the right expectations, hopefully if they love you back, they're going to support you. They're going to help you out. Leanne has a question here. All right. I like to buy presents for people when they are going through a tough time or similar reason. They are usually a cafe voucher, flowers, etc. I can't give time because of huge distances and phone calls, and phone calls are tricky with young kids and work times. Do you have any suggestions on how I can replace the gifts with something less expensive yet more meaningful than a text or a card? So what's the most meaningful gift for the least amount of money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, it's well, going to be different. I mean, there's the way not- I look at that is is Similar to the thing I was saying before, like what's the most meaningless gift for the mo- for the uh, for the well, yeah? What's the most meaningless gift for the most amount of money, right? Right. And and you can think of a, a million different options, like a Ferrari to someone who can't see. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, wait a minute, like right. ha- uh, why? Uh, that's a huge waste of a quarter million dollars. Right. And so when you think about it that way. Then you look at what is what is the inverse of that, mm-hmm. and well, it ultimately comes down to the individual needs of that person. Now, if it's someone who's far off, quite often what I will do, I've done this several years in a row now, where I've gifted uh, to a charity on the behalf of uh, of another person, even if it's not a lot of money, even if I want to give twenty bucks or ten dollars to a charity of my choice or of their choice, preferably, then I say, hey, I. I I, in, in lieu of giving out gifts this year, I donated $10 to the Gym City Market in Dayton, Ohio. So we're building a grocery store in one of the largest 
uh, food deserts in the country, and I, I donated it in your name. And I put an envelope, printed out, or print it out, put an envelope, send it to them because there's some distance, and they open it up so they have the tangible thing to actually open. But they feel good as though they contributed themselves. Yeah. And I noticed this with kids too. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere where it requires, like, say you go to church and, and you're putting money into a collection plate. You know who really enjoys putting money in a collection plate? Little kids. Right. Especially because it's not their money. <laughs> yeah. and, and so um, I've noticed this with uh, Ella when we're tipping somewhere, right? I always have her give the tip. And, and I'll give her, like, you know, $5 bill to, to leave a tip. Mm. Uh, or a dollar if we're at, like, you know, a coffee shop and she puts a dollar in there. And I feel so, like, she feels great about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel so great, too. Like, I want to give her more money so that so g- giving is living, right? Yeah. And so I give her money so that she can give it. Even though it's my damn money, mm. I feel even better than me giving it is her giving it as well. So we're sort of giving together in a way. Yeah, I like it. Um, let's see. Man, I was going to add one more thing to this. We got a bunch more questions here. There's yeah, more you can add. Yeah, maybe we should go to maybe we should go to this side here. All right, we'll just move on to the questions over here on the chat. How do I? Uh, this, so this is from David. How do I approach the holidays as an atheist? I don't want my kids to miss out on making memories, but I also don't want to participate in something I don't believe in. Depends on what you mean by believe, right? Mm-hmm. So we just uh, we did a podcast that will be out uh, Christmas Eve with Eric Weinstein, and I remember opening it. Uh, the, the beginning of the podcast, I said, Merry Christmas. To celebrate, we brought an atheist Jew into <laughs> uh, the podcast studio to talk about Christmas. And it wasn't really a, a full podcast about Christmas. It was a podcast about beliefs and um, sort of structures. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is he, Eric Weinstein is an atheist, but he attends synagogue most weekends. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be just so fascinating. Like, yeah. well, wait a minute. How can you be an atheist and, and, and attend synagogue? And what he pointed out is there are traditions and cultures that are, seem to be very valuable, even though the beliefs within the tradition don't align with his beliefs. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important the beliefs don't trample on your values. Right. It, when that happens, you're going to experience discontent. Yeah. And so I don't think atheism is really a value. Atheism, a- atheism is a just means that you don't believe in a particular God. We're all atheists re- with respects to Poseidon, right? And so um, I don't celebrate... Uh, Poseidon's the water god, is that right, Sean? <laughs> yeah, but I still believe in water, right? Right, sure. And, and so uh, it's important for us to believe in water, but not just water. We had uh, um, Chris Ryan on the podcast, and uh, he wrote a book called Civilized to Death. And the thing he t- talks about in that book is when we talk about what's the, what, what's the, the natural human state, He's like, well, that's like, what's, what's, what's humanity's natural state? And he said, that, that's, asking, that's like asking what water's natural state is. Like, right. It depends on the temperature and the pressure. And, and, and so, uh, you know, what, what's the natural state of H2O? It's water sometimes. It is, it is steam or it is ice depending on the circumstances, mm-hmm. right? I say all of that to say you don't have to believe in a particular God in order to celebrate a holiday with other people. In fact, I would even argue now Christmas uh, has become relatively secular. It, it is mostly a secular holiday. Now, a lot of that is vapid. It's become a shopping holiday. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to uh, be filled with the vapidity of consumerism. It can be, it can be something 
that we celebrate together, we take that time, even and, and celebrate the fact that we have different beliefs, we're still able to come together on the same day, appreciate love and care each other on that day. Yeah, those are certainly things you can you can express, love and appreciation. I mean, even when I think about church, like I'm not a very big church go- goer, uh, but when I do go every once in a while, like I love the community and I love that everyone's got, you know, similar values and maybe we don't have the, sim- the same beliefs, but there are things that I could focus on. Sure, you know, I I am sometimes tempted to be like, oh, let me tell you why Noah's Ark is not a real thing, and like, here's my opinion on it. But that's not going to get. That doesn't show love. That doesn't show appreciation. (laughs) Um, But but when you when you go around people who, yeah, maybe they're really religious, there are still things that you can take away. And you know what? That's just a good skill to have in general. I mean, not just at the holidays, but when you're at the grocery line and someone's complaining about the someone's complaining about politics or whatever it is, to be able to like look at that. Person and still show some appreciation and show that you respect them. I mean, that's a good skill to have in general. We had Erwin McManus on our podcast mm-hmm. a few months ago, and uh, he has a church right across the street from here, a giant mega church. Uh, he's a pastor. And the reason I wanted to bring him on, again, different beliefs. Uh, he said about a fifth of his congregation, which he has thousands of people who attend mm-hmm. the church, a fifth of his congregation are atheists. So, mm-hmm. so think about that. If atheists can go to his church every Sunday mm-hmm. and not just coexist peacefully, but actually thrive in that community, then you can do that one day a year for the holidays. Absolutely. All right. Marie wants to know, hi, I have a question about experience gifts. I have tried in the past and many times the gift ended up unused. Ski passes not used before the end of the winter. Offered to babysit my friend's kids, but never find a date. People are busy and don't find time to use experience gifts. Any suggestions? Yeah, sure. Find better experience gifts. Um, it, it, what's the gift that if you got them that gift, they couldn't not use it? They'd have to use it. They, where they felt so compelled to go to it. Now, quite often, it is something with uh, definitive or expiration date. So mm-hmm. if you get someone concert tickets, it either has to be used that day or they you know, fade into the ether. I, I have concert tickets to see Matt Carney on, uh, well, later this month. Mm-hmm. And I can't uh, say it's, I don't know, December 15th or something, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I if I wait till December 16th, I can't still use those tickets. They're worth right. less than nothing. Right. Right. And I think the same thing is true with experiential gifts. And one of the best ways you can do that is to ask for for feedback and figure out, understand what the person would get value from. Now, sometimes we ask someone something, what do you want? The truth is people don't know what they want. They think they know what they want. And and, uh, that poses a problem. So you have to try to understand the person, what they would use. And one way you can do that is figure out what, what are their daily rituals, habits, what are the things that bring them pleasure, happiness, contentment, and joy, and try to capitalize on that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add to that is, if you buy, let's say you buy someone concert tickets for December 3rd, and they don't go, you know, that's, it's their gift to do what they want with. Mm. And if you love them, and if you want them to be happy, and if them not going is what made them the happiest, then support that. Yeah, maybe you could look at it as a waste of money, or, oh, they didn't enjoy my gift, but... There's no reason to take it personally. If they don't take you up on the offer to babysit their kids, then okay. If they miss out on the ski less or the the ski passes, then okay. Um, it's it's not it's not anything of your fault. It's it's not you. It's them. I promise. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, let's see the next one. We got one from Lorna. Hi, folks. I have a question about the friends and family members who really insist on buying stuff I don't need. 
What's your advice for really helping them understand that the gifts are not wanted? Thanks. Man, it's funny because this is the other end of it. When you're the one who you get the gift and you don't want to do anything with it. <laughs> or you just don't want it in the first place. Right. So, okay, go out of your way to, you know, to, to express how presence is the best present. Uh, gift consumables or experiences. I mean, you could do all those things to set the right expectations for family members who are going to buy you gifts no matter what. I try to do this with, uh, with some, some family members. And no, they don't always, you know, gift something that I'm going to use. I mean, literally, I got a like a tie clip one year. And you know what? Once the gift is mine, I get to do, I get to do with it what I want. And kind of what I was saying um, to the last question is that that person got me that gift because they want me to be happy. They want me to live a good life. They want me to live a meaningful life. And if that item is preventing me from living a happy life, if it's weighing me down, if it's preventing me from living a meaningful life, getting rid of it is what they would want me to do. I mean, if they really loved me and wanted to support me, the, I, have, uh, I have had some family members who, um, like my, <laughs> God love my grandma, I was helping her move in uh, May, cleaning all her stuff out, mm-hmm. and she gave me a wallet. And it was like a brand new, like, fossil leather wallet. I mean, it was like, it was, it was nice. Like, you know, but I already had a wallet. You say, hey, grandma, 1997 So we're, yeah, so we're going through all her clutter. God love her. She gives me a wallet. Ryan, I want you to have this. You, do you need a new wallet? I'm like, no, I don't need a new wallet. She's like, well, will you use it? I'm like, Oma, I'm not going to use it. Well, will you take it? I'm like, I will absolutely take this off your hands, but I'm going to find a home for it. I'm going to find someone who, who, will, who will use this and appreciate this as much as you want someone to appreciate it. And she, her feelings look so, you, you're just not going to hold on to it? I mean, really like trying to make me feel bad about it. And I said, Oma, I love you, but if I held on to everything like you held on to everything, then I would have this mess to deal with that we're dealing with right now. <laughs> and she laughed. She laughed her ass off because she realized the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to be mean, but you certainly want to be honest and you want to be direct. But ultimately, if someone gets you a gift, if they get you a tie clip and you don't wear ties, do not do not keep that tie clip around just because someone gave it to you. That is, uh, it's doing the exact opposite of what a gift is meant to do. A gift is meant to bring you joy. And if you're losing joy by holding on to that item, then uh, the, the gift is not serving a purpose at all. It's, it's worse than serving a purpose. And Ross asks, are you guys working on anything right now? that are needing contributions. Well, uh, we tend to take on one philanthropic project a year, and we're ending this year. We, we've been working over a year now uh, on something I just mentioned, but I'll give you a web address for it. The Gym City Market in Dayton, Ohio, our hometown, uh, has the second largest food desert in the country. In mm-hmm. fact, so 40% of Dayton's population lives on the west side. There is not a single grocery store on the entire west side of Dayton, and now uh, there will be. It's called the Gym City Market. It's a non-profit uh, grocery co-op that doesn't just provide good food, healthy food, but also food education so people can understand how to make food, that they cook food more healthfully, but also purchase healthful food. Yeah, and, uh, yeah making good food choices. Yep, and yeah. it's a community-owned co-op, so everyone who's in the community is, is part of it as well as the workers. And so if you're interested in learning more about that, you can donate a dollar, ten dollars, a million dollars. It's a great cause. Uh, yeah, it's uh, theminimalists.com slash Dayton. Hi, some of us wait to buy things until November, December because it seems like the season is when the stores have more stock. Can you speak a bit to how the retail business works? Sure. Do they deliberately 
wait to bring in items at this time of year? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little aside question. Do you re-gift unwanted gifts? So let's talk about retail first. Um, of course, like they, they prime November and December. Uh, it's, I mean, that's when, what, 60% of business is done? Is so, during the holiday for, season? For us, so, so Ryan and I worked in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. We, we managed a bunch of retail stores. At my zenith, I, I managed 150 retail stores. And we started having, in February, we had holiday shopping season meetings starting the first week of February. So we literally planned all year to get people to spend, it's called Black Friday for a reason, right? Black Friday is simply the day that many retailers go from red to black for the year, meaning, uh, I think for us it was somewhere, depending on the store, between 40 to 60% of the entire year's business was done between Thanksgiving and and the end of the year. In six weeks of the year, yeah. It was, I mean, wildly busy, lines out the door, they call them door buster sales, if you watch our documentary Minimalism, it opens with one of the, the chaotic scenes of people trampling each other. I remember one of our Twitter users, uh, Twitter followers, said, um, "Black Friday." his name was Stephen, mm-hmm. he said, Black Friday is the day that, we tra- that people trample each other to buy things they don't need, mm-hmm. the day after we celebrate being grateful for all the things that we have. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, it's so true because it <laughs> happens right after Thanksgiving. We're being thankful for all the things we have, and the next day we're trampling each other to, to death, literally in some cases. Uh, and if not literally, at least figuratively, it's void of, of living, real living. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, retail uh, stores, they, uh, they do a lot of conning of people to... I mean, because here's the thing. The, that widget that is... $69 on Black Friday. It was $99 the day before Thanksgiving. Did anything fundamentally shift? No, other than the, the psychology that they want to get more people in the store. Why? Because that one item is a loss leader once they get you in the store to buy other things, accessories mm-hmm. and, and other items. They know that the, the power of impulse, it, we, we are drunk on impulse, in, yeah. in fact. Yeah, and another thing that they, uh, the retailers will do, too, is the old switcheroo. Yes. So they'll be like, hey, uh, come in Black Friday for this $100 TV. Normally, this TV's $500, and what they actually have is a cheaper version of the TV that has less expensive parts, so they can sell it for cheaper. So a lot of those like doorbrushes sales that sound too good to be true, a lot of the times they are too good to be true because it's a, it's a lesser, uh, it's a more inferior product. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, that is... The, the holiday shopping season, it is, um, it is primed to play on every impulse you can possibly have to get you into the store so you could spend as much money as possible. And, you know, they just, they love it when you're pulling out your credit cards and maxing those out because you feel obligated to buy gifts for people. It's okay to opt out. And by the way, Amen. if you have to use a credit card to buy anything this holiday season, you literally can't afford it. Uh, and, and... That is an indicator that you shouldn't buy it. If you can't afford something, you literally shouldn't buy it. Credit cards, you know, what, is, what does Dave Ramsey say, our friend Dave? He's like, uh, you, you uh, MasterCard because you become a slave to the master, right? <laughs> and it's, it, it feels so true. You know, it's, it, it, the, the, the debtor is a slave to the lender, right? Yeah. And, and so why, and by the way, why do that to purchase things that people generally don't even want in the first place. Yeah. Do you re-gift unwanted gifts was the second part of that question? Uh, I mean, I have before, but 
That's a but, usually a bad strategy, though. Well, well, what'll happen is like with the wallet, for example. Right. I did. I, I was like, I'll find this a home, mm-hmm. and I was just going to drop it off at a donation center. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was actually a gentleman who uh, was cutting uh, my grandmother's grass, mm. and I was like, Hey, do you need a new wallet by chance? He's like, Yeah, I'll take a wallet. I'm like, Sweet. And I gave it to him. Yeah. So I, I mean, under certain circumstances, yes, I've done that. I agree. By and large, though, like as a strategy, that's probably not the right strategy. The right strategy is to set. Uh, your friends and family with the right expectation and not get unwanted gifts. Uh, so that's step number one, is p- prevent as many unwanted gifts as possible. Um, if someone gives you something you don't want, there is no harm. I mean, I did this with um, the very first Christmas that I had with Mariah's family. Mariah's mother, she is one of the most loving people, just you know, wants me to feel included, wants to give me something because she wants to show how much she appreciates you know, me being part of the family. And she, she has this like T-shirt she gave me that was... Uh, it was really special to her. Like it was um, this project that she was part of, uh, uh, environmental project. It was a very, very meaningful project. And she's like, "I want you to have this shirt." And I'm like, "You know, I'm probably not going to wear this shirt." I mean, I was like, "Have you ever seen me wear a t-shirt other than black?" And she's like, "No, I guess I haven't." And I was like, "But you know what? I would love to give this to someone who would find who would find it meaningful." And uh, she uh, she was like, "Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan." She's like, "Why don't you go ahead and give it back to me, and I'll find someone." Uh, who who uh, who will find it more meaning? Yeah, have a more meaningful enjoyment from it. So, uh, yeah. Long story short, be upfront. I mean, it's it's it'll save you so much in the long run, and people will respect you. It we really. Got, we got a few more questions here. If you have any, if you're watching this live and you want to ask them, now is the time to ask them before we wrap up. We want to be respectful of your time. But uh, Marika has a question. You want to read that, Ryan? Sure. Recently, in a new relationship and the subject of Christmas gifts has come up. Not by me. I suggested experiences. He would prefer to buy me something I can keep. And we have come to a compromise on an item I will find useful, which is great. But how do I navigate purchasing his gift while staying true to my values? You might be in the wrong relationship. I mean, that's one thing to think about. Um, and I don't say that lightly or flippantly. But I think it's, it's always important to actually ask that question. Do, am I in this relationship for the right reasons? Uh, again, we had Chris Ryan on the podcast. He talks about we're in relationships for three reasons quite often. There's love, right? That's important. Mm-hmm. But love is not enough. Uh, there is chemistry. That is often why we initially get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. We have some sort of sexual attraction or intellectual attraction. There's an immediate chemistry to someone. And the third, and the hardest one by far, is compatibility. I think what happens is we forsake compatibility quite often because one of the first two, or maybe even the first two, my marriage was this way, Ryan. Mm. So I had immense love for Carrie, and mm-hmm. still do. Like We actually get along really well, much better now that we're not married. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there was initial chemistry as well, mm-hmm. right? And I think we often think like, oh, but I'll never find someone I love again. Love is so scarce. No, love is everywhere. I love Ryan. I love Jordan No More over there. I love podcast Sean. He's making duck, duck lips at me right now. Not like that, Sean. There's no chemistry. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, And then, of course, we have the chemistry. And then we, what happens? Like, oh, yeah, I love you, and I'm really attracted to you, but we're not compatible. Yeah. If you're not compatible, the relationship's not going to work. And so I don't know if this is a deal breaker for you. But for me, if I have someone who doesn't respect my values with, or just has radically different values from me, mm. then we're probably not compatible. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like, I certainly don't go out of my way to buy physical gifts for people. Um, I have had before where my sister, she's like, hey, it's my birthday. 
she was like, would you be willing to give me a birthday gift? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I love you, sis. I'm happy to do that for you. She's like, I really need a pair of jeans. Mm. Okay, cool. Let's go shopping. I'll buy you a pair of jeans. So, I mean, if there's something specifically that uh, your partner is asking for and it doesn't go against your values to, like, get them that thing that they're going to use, then by all means do that. But for And you don't have to wait for Christmas to do that too, right? Absolutely. But if, you're, but if your partner is looking at you and they're saying, I want you to buy me a physical gift, I'm not going to give you any clue as to what I want. You're going to have to just figure it out. <laughs> um, that's, just, that's just a setup for a really bad outcome. I mean, the worst, the worst, the most thoughtless gifts are the ones where you just, you have a list of people and you're just walking around the mall with a list of people and you're just like looking at things and saying, oh, nose hair trimmer. Is there anyone on my list that would like that nose hair trimmer? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is like, that That's is... a very passive aggressive gift for some people. <laughs> <laughs> a unibrow trimmer. <laughs> but the thing is, is like that, that is not thoughtful. That's thoughtless, really. So um, hopefully you guys can come to a, a good compromise there. What about Laura's question here, Ryan? Laura... We've always had minimalist gift-giving Christmases with our kids, and we are grateful to have family that respects this as well. You should be grateful. That's pretty awesome that you have family that gets behind you on that. However, oh, there's always a but, Josh. My oldest is now now school age. How do I help him avoid comparing himself to his friends at school and the piles of gifts that they received at Christmas. Well, there's two kinds of comparison, right? So when I think of comparison, I also think of competition, right? Because mm-hmm. competition is a type of comparison. You know, I, I, and, and with competition, there is toxic competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is friendly competition. Mm. A game of basketball might be friendly competition, right? Uh, war would certainly be toxic competition. Right, yeah. Uh, as an extreme example, right? Now, when it comes to comparison, the same thing is also true. Uh, instead of comparing simply the physical goods, instead of saying, don't compare. Because that's like saying, don't think of a purple elephant. Ryan, don't think of a purple elephant. Uh-oh. Oh, I can see he's doing it right now. <laughs> um, you can't say, don't compare yourself. You, but you can give them better, stan- be- better standards by which they should compare themselves. And rarely does that, well, I, should, I shouldn't even say rarely, never does it have to do with material goods. We all fall victim to it. But the question is, what are the things that you want to encourage your kid to do, to achieve, to be like? Those are the things by which you want them to compare themselves to their peers. Yeah, and like, let's say they th- their peers get a gift that they don't have. I mean, I would help your child really get behind the why. Why do they want that gift? I remember uh, we had an event, and there was like a 12 or 13-year-old girl, and she was like, how do I, uh, how do I not want to get you know the, the latest and greatest iPhone? And I'm like, well, why do you want to get that iPhone? Mm. And she's like, well, it's cool, and my friends have it. And I'm like, well, those aren't very good reasons why. Like, really, why do you want to get it? And she's like, I don't know. I just really have the impulse. And I'm like, well, that's something to consider. That's something to really think about. But the reasons why you want the iPhone, there's really not anything there that really makes you, uh, you know, that that can justify bringing an iPhone into your life or, or, you know, justifying to your parents why they need to buy you an iPhone. So if you can help your kids get behind the why, uh, that will certainly help. But here's the thing. I am always comparing myself to others, too. I don't like to, and I catch myself doing it, and I don't dwell on it. But when I'm driving in Los Angeles in my 2004 Toyota Corolla, and someone pulls up to me in a Tesla, next to me in a Tesla, and I'm looking at that, looking at their Tesla, and looking at my Corolla with the, the, the sunroof that leaks when it rains, 
Um, yeah, there's a little twinge where I'm like, oh man, I, I probably would enjoy Los Angeles more if I had a Tesla. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I know that those impulses, I know that that comparison, the reason why behind it, it's not a really strong reason why. It's, it's more... Uh, it's more impulsive than it is genuine, than it is meaningful. And ultimately, you know, I'm really happy to not have a car payment. And uh, I hope to never have a car payment again. Mm. So as a, as a child, they're going to have to learn about the, getting behind the why. And you can help them do that. No, uh, you're not going to have this magic bullet answer for them. But if you can kind of help them unpack these desires that they have, you might be able to help them uh, manage those desires a little bit more. Finally, we have one last question here from Daniel. Josh and Ryan, is there anything you've bought during a Black Friday sale that you still use and brings value? Oh, man. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I wish I had something. I re- See, I'm not like a Luddite or bah humbug, and I love thinking of the one-off examples. I mean, there's always an exception to the rule, right? And I wish I had an exception to the rule that I could talk about right now, and I'm rambling, thinking that there's going to be something pop up into my head. Here, here, you know what I have? An HD, free HDMI cable I got. You don't use it. You don't have it still. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. No, you don't. All right. Here's the, th- here's the thing about any of those items that you bought on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You could have purchased any of the other 364 days a year. Yes. And likely, most likely, at the same price and with far less stress. That's all we got for today, y'all. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us. Hopefully we answered your questions, and we'll see you next time. Love people. Use things. Because the opposite never works. See you next time.